The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two-time Grammy award-winning bassist Todd Kuhlman is with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you, Toby. Thank you for having me on your show. Now, you've got quite the career. You've won two Grammys and played with all sorts of different people. So what's it like to be a bassist, first of all? Um, well, it's uh, it's really a blessing, and uh, I feel extremely fortunate to be able to do something that I love and call it my occupation and my vocation. <laughs> yeah. So how did it first start off for you? What got you into jazz music? I think, um, to make a long story short, a friend loaned me a, a, an LP, a recording. Uh, he was not only a friend, but he was a, an early bass teacher and mentor. And we had been studying classical music all along, and he handed me a jazz recording and said, you know, I uh, thought you might want to hear this. There's a, uh, a bassist on here that plays another kind of way than we do. And I thought it might interest you. And the recording was the Oscar Peterson Trio, and the uh, bassist was Ray Brown. Oh. And all I can say is when I heard that recording, it changed my life. Yeah. Do you think that to enjoy jazz music, you have to be, I don't know, a bit geeky or more interested in music? Because it's not particularly mainstream, is it? No, it's not a mainstream music. It's a, it's a, what we might call a connoisseur's music. Yeah. But, you know, I think that in order to enjoy any art form, whether it be music, visual arts, or any other form of artistic expression... Uh, the more people can enjoy it, the more open their minds are. Yeah. And uh, if they, you know, uh, like anything um, that a connoisseur might uh, enjoy, it's an acquired taste. Mm. You know, you have to have an attention span longer than 30 seconds yeah. in order to get involved in just about anything. Mm. So uh, I think all the arts uh, asks is come with an open mind and give us an opportunity to uh uh, you know, maintain your attention long enough for you to make a an informed decision. And if if even if after one listening, you're not so inclined, perhaps it's worth returning. Uh, you know, I think we've we've all learned that in one form or another over the years that maybe our first experience wasn't so good, but <laughs> we tried a few times and found that we discovered a, a new love. Yeah, it's a bit like food, really. Very much so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, uh, in my young life, um, you know, uh, I was sort of a meat and potatoes guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I had a chance to travel around the world uh, in my music. And of course, you don't have so many choices. Mm. They're not going to cook for you uh, in your style when you're in the middle of Romania, you <laughs> know. And so uh, I was exposed 
to the culinary arts through travel and found to my surprise that I uh, really enjoyed a lot of aspects, uh, widened my palate, so to speak, and found a few things that I didn't care for. But I mean, that's all good. You know, I tried them all. Yeah. So how did your performing career evolve? How did you get to eventually play with well-known people? Well, I think um, upon graduating university, I, I uh, was offered a job and took a job in a symphony orchestra in Mexico <laughs> because I had no jobs and no prospects at the time. And it was a job that would pay. And I, yeah. I had $30 in the bank. So it sounded like a good idea. Uh, I went down there and worked for a year. And then I moved back to the Chicago area. I'm, I'm from that area. And I knew a few musicians in the area and uh, began to uh, just kind of circulate in the clubs and, and, and among musicians and try to be visible. And one thing led to the next. I started working professionally there, and uh, after a few years, I moved to New York City. And basically, it was about networking and uh, uh, sitting in and uh, going to jam sessions and meeting musicians and uh, just introducing myself, uh, in in a sense. Mm. Uh, it, it was very much a word-of-mouth industry at the time. Uh, and then, apparently, uh, word started to travel, and one thing leads to the next and uh the trick is is that when you get the call you have to be ready you know yeah. and uh you know you have to be lucky in a way you have to be prepared you got to do your homework you've got to be able to uh accept the ups and downs that come your way and persevere you know and uh so it it, it uh, kind of progressed in that way i guess yeah. And you've also got involved in jazz education. What is jazz education? Is that educating people about jazz? Well, it, it, uh, it's a broad term and it means several things. In my case, it meant uh, being an instructor and mentor uh, in college programs that were dedicated to the study of jazz music by people who aspired to become professional jazz musicians. Yeah. Uh, jazz education in the broader sense is simply uh, educating the public about the art form and uh, making it hopefully more accessible to them. Yeah. But my involvement was in specialized programs uh, aimed at uh, training aspiring jazz musicians. Yeah. So what do you hope to achieve through jazz education then? Well, um, you know, it's it's a it's a funny thing. There's an old expression uh, we say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. <laughs> and I think uh, th sometimes there, you know, there needs to be a greater awareness in, in education circles, in jazz education, particularly among the students, that it's this education thing is a two-way street. If if they don't have the passion, if they don't have the work ethic, uh, and come to the water and drink for themselves. Uh, the potential is extremely limited. Um, so I always hope to achieve to uh, give them a realistic view of what the profession is like, what the demands of the profession are, and to prepare them for the real world as best I could. That is a challenge in an academic institution. Yeah. Um, but my motto was always to try to bring the street into the classroom. Yeah. Uh, because I'm of a generation we learned this craft more on the street than in the classroom because 
the classroom and jazz were re- relatively new when I was coming up. Yeah. It's still a new uh, phenomena, really, compared to most academic uh, pursuits. Yeah. So I, I hope to achieve that. And then on the broader scale, uh, I always hope to achieve the greater public, uh, to achieve educating the greater public about the art form in general, and, and in particular, trying to make it more accessible to a broader array of people. Mm, yeah. And you've written a couple of method books as well relating to jazz. What are method books? Well, uh, method books are g- generically, they're, they're an effort to take a certain kind of experience and uh, uh, translate that experience into a methodology that helps aspiring players uh, find a direction for their practice uh, and it brings their attention to what we feel are the important aspects uh, to study and be prepared for. Yeah. So I suppose that's uh, what a method book is. It's uh... Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com kind of uh, one person's view as to what what the priorities for the aspiring musician as far as their practice routine and, and enlightenment is concerned. Mm, yeah. And you've received a PhD from New York University in 1997. Was that an honorary thing or did you study for that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked um, because I did the work, <laughs> you yeah. know, and that entailed, uh, you know, the, the PhD there was uh, very heavily based in, in philosophy of all things. Oh. So I did a ton of reading and writing uh, about philosophy, and uh, I can see now that the purpose for me, the the outcome at least, was uh, my reading and writing skills uh, increased, uh, my abilities increased tenfold. Mm-hmm. So it was extremely valuable in that respect, and I was fortunate to be able to uh, focus on an area of research that was of great interest to me, yeah. rather than something that was just... Uh, you know, kind of remote and, and ethereal. You yeah. Know. yeah, you don't want to be spending years studying that. 
Yeah, not really. You know, I mean, uh, I, you know, uh, there are a lot of things that are worthy of study, and and uh, some of them may seem trivial to the public in general. But in my case, it was directly related to my own interests and uh, my own effort to simply add to the body of knowledge of a certain area of uh, jazz scholarship. Yeah. And you're also thinking about starting a podcast for jazz music as well. What do you think you'll be doing in that podcast? <laughs> well, you know, it's gotten beyond the thinking stage because I'm going to do it. Nice. And uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, uh, I've, I've been involved in the uh, jazz music business Oh, I don't know, for, for over 40 years. And yeah. I've also been involved in the jazz education field for that length of time. And over that length of time, you know, um, a person gains uh, a wealth of experience, both as a player and as an instructor. Yeah. Uh, so I think the focus of my podcast, I, I'm interested in, uh, again, educating people and broadening their understanding of perhaps what it's like to be a jazz musician or what we've learned or what our objectives are or what it is we're trying to teach, you know, uh, just basically speaking to my experience as a, um, I think a fairly typical uh, professional jazz player. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm planning in, in initially to solicit questions Ooh. from the public and uh, use each podcast to uh, address uh, various questions that I'll select that I hope would be of uh, broad interest to people that are generally interested in jazz music, uh, whether it be through performance, education, or any other form. And I think I will uh, intermittently. Um, I have. I have. A, I'm lucky, I guess, to have access, in a sense, to my peers, many of whom are actually, in fact. They're beyond my peers. They're really great musicians. Uh, but I have access to them and thought I might interview some of them on a variety of subjects. Uh, I think that would be of great interest to listeners who are interested in jazz music. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any experience presenting podcasts? I'm wondering if being on a stage helps with the confidence of presenting, maybe? Yeah, I you know, it's a great question. First of all, I have no experience as a podcaster. <laughs> I'm just going by the seat of my pants. However, I have a lot of confidence because I've been performing all of my adult life. Yeah. So the idea of being in front of people or speaking or presenting things or uh, you know, that doesn't uh that doesn't enter into the picture for me. I feel very comfortable in that regard. And uh <laughs> for what it's worth, my colleagues seem to think I would be good at it. And of course, we'll find out. And good is a relative term. But, you know, I, I, I think it's something that I would enjoy doing. Um, and we'll see if 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 the response, uh, hopefully it will be positive. And hopefully there will be people that will be interested. And one way or another, I can get more and more people involved in being aware of the art form and perhaps participating in it to a greater degree than they might already yeah absolutely it's worth a try to start the podcast anyway sure yeah what have i got to lose yeah absolutely and because it's interesting that you're only just starting it when a year ago when the pandemic started that's when a lot of people maybe started thinking about "Ooh, i'm gonna start a podcast did you have any idea a year ago or has it only came to you just now 
Well, I didn't really have the idea a year ago, although when the pandemic hit, you know, I was aware that uh, whether we liked it or not, we were going to have a lot of time on our hands. Yeah. Um, but more recently, uh, I have I have been becoming more aware of podcasts just through as a consumer, so to speak. Mm. And um, in doing a little research, I was frankly kind of amazed at their popularity. Yeah. Apparently, uh, you know, there are literally millions of people a day listening to all kinds of podcasts. And so I thought it might be a, um, a good vehicle to uh, reach people uh, on a broader level than I might be able to on other social platforms. Yeah. So when you do get around to releasing this podcast, do you know where listeners will be able to find it? Well, uh, um, it's to to the best of my understanding. Now, mind you, I'm still a novice. Yeah. But there is a a company that I'm looking at that apparently I would. Um, uh, provide my podcast to, and they distribute it, as I understand it, mm. to all of the major podcast outlets. So, for example, they would make sure that it was listed in Apple iTunes yeah. or Amazon or Google or Spotify, etc. And apparently, these are the places where people often go to locate podcasts. So, yeah. uh, in a sense, I'll be outsourcing that I think I found a good uh, company to manage that for me, but I'm still learning. So I think that once I get my initial podcast ready, um, perhaps I will, you know, float a trial balloon with this company and see how it, where it lands, so to speak. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been great talking to you about this. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, I, I certainly hope that your listeners, uh, that this will pique their interest enough to look for... By the way, <laughs> the name of my podcast oh, yeah. is going to be The Toddcast. Oh, nice. I love that. So so I'm going to start with that, and we'll see where it goes. But yeah. um, I hope your listeners will be... Uh, their interest is piqued enough to look for it. It's probably going to drop sometime this month in March. Okay, nice. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.